Hey, it's Lynn Galadner, and this is the Make Meaning Podcast. I'm founder of the Your People Marketing and PR Agency, and I lead the Make Meaning Movement, a platform that helps purpose-driven visionaries and leaders do business with meaning. On this podcast, you'll hear stories of how people dare to take chances to live the life they want with meaningful work and purposeful days. There are many ways to fill your life with meaning. Join us at makemeaning.org to learn more. Now, on to the show. Welcome back to the Make Meaning Podcast. I'm Lynn Galadner, and today I'm speaking with Rebecca Jeffries, a professional classical musician for more than 35 years who embraced the changes that came with the coronavirus pandemic and launched a new career. The mother of a son who was diagnosed with autism at age 20, Rebecca is the founder of Sprouting Healthy Families, an effort to provide coaching to parents by helping shape their self-care as well as provide support as they journey to help their children. Let's hear what Rebecca has to say. Rebecca Jeffries, welcome to the Make Meaning Podcast. Thank you so much. I'm delighted to be here. I'm thrilled to chat with you. I'm so curious about your journey, and I want to understand sort of how you got to where you are. So let's go back. You spent more than 35 years as a classical musician, and when the industry shut down due to the coronavirus pandemic, you saw that as an invitation to pivot. So I'd love to hear about that transition. I want to know, like, has it been brewing for a while? And what was the final inspiration that prompted you to make that leap? (laughs) That's a loaded question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It actually had been brewing for a while and COVID gave me the opportunity to finally go forward. Um, Since I had been in the music industry for so many years, I was pretty burnt out. Um, I also was not happy with the direction it's going. And I'm not the only person who has this complaint that, you know, you really can't use recordings for money-making anymore because everything's Mm. downloadable Um, and the live concert audiences are dwindling. Mm. Uh, It's it's really hard to compete with the pop industry and just to get people in the door. And a lot of times I hear people, they're like, when they finally come, they're like, I had no idea it would be so interesting. (laughs) It's like, yeah, (laughs) we're not funny. It's like, it's like funny and tragic at the same time. It is. I know. We're like, we're not here to bore you, really. Yeah. <laughs> I want to share something we're passionate about and that we love and bring you in new and interesting sounds, but it's just hard to get them in the front door. You know, going through that struggle for many years and also, you know, I've been teaching for many years and as the industry has been shrinking, I just ethically did not feel comfortable training new musicians. Hmm. there's Hmm. just not enough work. I mean, the only real full-time jobs out there are the orchestras and orchestras are folding left and right. Mm -hmm. Um, And orchestras take a maximum of three flute players. Hmm. So, you know, that's, that's hardly any jobs really. Um, So you have to really learn how to market yourself and how to monetize what you're doing in a way that can feed you. And that's Mm -hmm. really hard. Yeah. So, over the, like I mentioned earlier, over the last five years, I've been trying to figure out, you know, what else could I do? Because I was really ready for a shift. Mm-hmm. I'm 53 now, and I don't want to wait any longer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, It's time. Mm-hmm. And um, so COVID came and really just gave me this huge opportunity. But I didn't really know where I wanted to go mm-hmm. from music. I mean, what did I want to do? So I hired a coach, mm-hmm. which I had never done before. And he was fantastic. And he just 
help me talk through things and find my strengths and find where my passions were. And he's finally like, you know, I hear you talking and I really hear that you're ready to help people with their autism journey. Mm. And I I said, you know, I think you're right. I think that would really feel organic and natural to me. Mm -hmm. And so I just jumped in feet first. Wow. And opened my doors in January. Yeah. That's amazing. That is quick and it's decisive. And, you know, it's so I want to I want to go back a little bit um, before we jump into talking about your business, which I'm excited to talk about. Um, But, you know, being a musician for 35 years is a long time. Mm -hmm. And I would love to hear just a little bit about you when you were younger, like as a child, what did you love to do? What led you on that path? Because one of the things I talk about a lot of times with people in the Make Meaning movement is we know who we are at a very young age. We sort of can lose touch with that as we get older yes. and we have to think about earning a living or, or right. you know, we understand people are judging us or expecting things from us. So just tell me about who that that young Rebecca was and <laughs> Um, because I'm curious to see if like that person is, is back, you know what I mean? Or, or has been there all along. Tell me a little bit about you when you were little. Oh, I love, I love that question. Yeah. Um, yeah, when I was a kid, uh, I started piano when I was in second grade and I wasn't crazy for it, but mm-hmm. I, you know, did what my teacher told me to do. And I find it kind of difficult. Hmm. Um, I think there were, some, I was facing some physical limitations with my hand mobilities and, mm-hmm. um, it's a lot of information to take in as a little kid. You have to, you know, read this new language mm-hmm. and get your body to follow the instructions in this new language. So it's it's a double header there. Mm-hmm. So I was struggling, but then in fourth grade, we had um, the choice to take a band instrument and I picked the flute. So now I'm reading one line of music and my hands are linear and I just took off with it. Mm. It was like, I can do this and I can be the very best in my community. I just know it. And I just, my parents never, ever had to tell me to practice. Hmm. I was, I was obsessed. So I just went from there by junior high school. I was competing, started doing, by high school, I was doing weekend festivals. Like most of my classmates were off playing sports and doing, you know, plays or whatever. And I was getting in the car with my band teacher and going up to Vermont for a weekend long festival or. Uh mid-state New York or wherever. And so I was totally in my element. That was just, that was heaven for me. And so that's how my high school career went. And I was already playing professionally by age 15. Wow. Yeah. So I went off to college for music thinking I was going to be a band director. um, But I ended up with a really fantastic flute teacher Mm -hmm. who steered me towards performance. And then when I went to do my practice teaching, I ended up hating it. That yeah. kind of decided for me that <laughs> that wasn't the thing for me. Right. But right. It, it wasn't lost time at all, though, because all the musician skills relate across whether you're teaching it in a band situation or teaching yourself to become a classical musician, they all relate across the board. So it was not time lost at all. And then I took a couple years off from college and worked the industry and went and got my master's degree and off I went. Yeah. I have to tell you, full disclosure, yeah. I played flute fourth and fifth grades. I, If you could call it playing. I mean, I actually <laughs> think if I remember correctly, it was my flute teacher who asked me to stop playing. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. It was like not meant to be. So I'm like in awe of you. <laughs> so just know you're talking to a total hack, but that's okay. 
Um, <laughs> so, so that's really cool. So, um, I think also, you know, 35 years is a very respectable career. It's like, mm-hmm. that's full and it's, it's amazing. And then having the momentum and the courage and the confidence to, to pivot, I mean, that's no small thing. So, um, you know, tell me a little bit about how you came to deciding what kind of business you were going to launch and, and how to get it in shape. Like, tell me how that unfolded. So, um, my inspiration for the business was my own son. Mm -hmm. He was diagnosed with autism last year at the age of 20. Mm. Um, however, we had seen symptoms from age three on, Mm. uh, even though the doctors weren't, you know, putting him in a neat little autism package, we were still taking care of symptoms, sensory issues, and anxiety and depression, and you know all the things that come with it. Social mm-hmm. skills were missing, um, so it wasn't like he wasn't getting what he needed, mm-hmm. but it just took forever to finally get the actual diagnosis. And the reason a diagnosis is helpful is because that's when you can really get systems in place and get services. Sure. that are paid for. So we've paid a lot of stuff out of pocket. I'm not complaining. I, instead of paying for sports, we paid for therapeutic horseback riding. You know, it's just a, it's just an exchange of money. So that, that made no difference to us. So in, in raising him, I felt like I had learned a lot. I'd made my own mistakes. Mm-hmm. I had learned, had a lot of successes and found some techniques that other people maybe hadn't thought of before. Mm-hmm. Plus I had been through all of the emotional turmoil that comes with raising a child on the spectrum and trying to work with the school systems by far yeah. the hardest part of the process, I think. Yeah. And without a diagnosis too. So like yeah. having to navigate that when you didn't have a, a name or a category or like something that, that sort of told the rest of the world, this is what we need. Right. That's got to be so hard. Yeah. That definitely complicated things. And even his junior high school, they handed us an IEP, individualized education plan. They said, he needs this. Mm. And we really want him to get checked for autism. Mm-hmm. So I sent him off to a neuropsychologist and he said, no, he doesn't have it. Hmm. Wow. And they were furious school. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We want to be able to help them. We want, you know, we need the funding. They can't yeah. get the funding without the yeah. diagnosis. So that was a little tricky. Yeah. Um, but they were able to do pretty well for us. Yeah. So he was your inspiration. So tell yeah. me how, how the business took shape and then tell me about it. Yeah. So the business, I had to give some thought on, you know, where could I really be helpful to other mm-hmm. people? Mm-hmm. And there's already a lot of people out there will help you, you know, understand your IEP, help you find an advocate, um, help you work through the school systems. And um, so I didn't really think I needed to, to be in that realm of it. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking the emotional part gets forgotten. Okay. The support for the moms and dads as they're going through things. Mm-hmm. Like I, I've met moms who are afraid to talk about what's happening because they're afraid of being judged. Hmm. I've met moms who feel completely alone because they feel like their situation is so unique. No one will understand what they're doing. Hmm. Um, so I want to I want to get these people together so that they feel like they are being held and they're being seen mm-hmm. and they're being heard. Mm-hmm. I'm offering coaching on a single one to one basis, but I'm also in the process of just starting to get some group coaching going, which I think would really be benefit to a lot of people. Yeah. Um, um, so, OK, so your business is called Sprouting Healthy Families Yes. and you offer individual coaching. You're going to start group coaching. Tell me a little bit about 
you know, how you work with people and, and who should come calling and how do they reach you? Yeah. So they can go right through my website, sproutinghealthyfamilies.com. They can contact me there. We would first do an intake interview to make sure we're a good fit because Mm -hmm. that's, you know, if right at the get go, we don't feel good about each other. It's going to be really hard to accomplish much of anything because such a personal journey. Mm-hmm. So out of fairness to both of us, we'll have that initial consult. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we can, if we agree that we're ready to go ahead, we can meet as often as needed. It doesn't have to be scheduled on a regular basis. They, they can just schedule a meeting with me when they need me. Mm-hmm. Or if they want, you know, like they feel like they need someone there weekly, we can do that too. So I would you know, just be available to help them through whatever they're struggling with, basically digging down deep to see where they feel like they need the most support, whether it's from their own family, mm-hmm. or if they need to change their own perspectives, mm-hmm. or if they are so maxed out that they have completely lost touch with their intuition. That mm-hmm. That's a really key factor for me is helping the moms find their intuition and tap back into that. Because mm. they really do know how to do more than they realize. Mm-hmm. And, but that confidence can just get completely smashed. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you help them tap back into that intuition? Like what, how how do we reignite that? Yeah. So a lot of that comes down to Mm self-care and finding time to have quiet, reflective thought. When my son was younger, I would, there was a couple of things I would do. One would be to light some incense about Mm -hmm. half an hour before bed and just watch that smoke Mm -hmm. and just watching that was kind of mesmerizing. Mm-hmm. And it was just kind of like my whole nervous system calmed down. Mm-hmm. So I could actually have a good night's sleep that was restorative. Mm-hmm. The other thing I liked doing was horseback riding. So anything like, you know, a gym or a walk or yoga, or whatever helps you to find time to get that nervous system to calm down and recenter yourself is super, super important. Because until that happens, you won't be able to find the intuition. Mm-hmm. You're just going to be so wound up and caught up in the moment that uh, there won't be space for you to breathe and allow the intuitive answers to come to you. Mm-hmm. So I want to ask you just about this pivot from, you know, performing, um, sort of being a part of a musical ensemble or like yeah, doing musical work that interweaves with the work and talent of others to becoming this entrepreneur who is seeking to help people. So you're sort of spearheading the effort. You're becoming the expert. Um, you're running a business. Like how has that pivot been for you and any stumbles along the way or, you know, <laughs> yes, <laughs> like- oh yeah, for sure. Um, I, I have to admit up front though, as far as the music industry goes, I was a little bit behind the curveball when it came to digital business tools, mm-hmm. just out of pure laziness. So I had to ramp up. I had to take a couple business classes. I'm starting one next week, actually. So, you know, making sure the website works, making sure that, you know, people can pay me through it, making <laughs> sure they can contact me through it, you know, all right. that stuff. I had to learn all that stuff. Um, learning about click funnels and landing pages. I mean, this was all (laughs) new to me. So yeah, finding, finding people who could really teach me in a way that was, was productive. Um, And also finding a financial advisor, which I had never done before. And I wish I had, Hmm. I so wish I had a long time ago. Mm -hmm. Um, Cause she's walked me through QuickBooks, which I had never used before. So I think getting all those tools in place at the front here is super important to how I can, you know, get upset properly and then I can focus on my clients. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. So I want to ask you about your son. I mean, does he like, I mean, my kids are around the same age and they could care less about my business. So I'm just wondering if if he knows about your business or if you talk about it or if he feels really like honored um, or if like, you know, I just want to hear about him. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) funny. I would love to be able to tell you he's so proud of his mom. But (laughs) (laughs) honestly, I don't think he cares. I'm sure that's very normal. Yeah. Very normal. Yeah. Yeah. He, oh, he's high functioning. He knows I'm talking with people about my own experience. And I, I have cleared with him points in his life that he doesn't want to be made public. And I want to completely honor that. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's so many other things that are so general that, you know, many, many moms and dads will relate to it. So I'm free to talk on those pu- subjects and, and share my, my experience with them. Yeah. For the most part, he doesn't care. Okay. Yeah. No. It is so normal. Like, yeah, my kids, yeah. it's so funny because, you know, at the end of a very stressful day that they're like expecting, you know, my total focus, which I work very hard to give them, but it's like, I am a person, you know, there right. is stuff going on, you know, but right. that, that's what you want for them at that age. You yeah. know, they should be figuring out who they are and what they want out of life. And, right. um, you know, we're, we're in the background. So yeah, yes. I that, totally. Yes. That's so, so true. I only get noticed when he needs something. Yeah, totally. So <laughs> tell me, um, I want to understand how you came about the name for the business. What inspired you to call it Sprouting Healthy Families? Oh, it's kind of funny. Um, I was selling kind of as a placeholder while I was trying to figure out what the heck I wanted to be doing. I'm a really avid gardener. Uh-huh. So I was selling hydroponic indoor growing systems. Hmm. And I wanted to start a Facebook group that would be about nutrition and gardening, essentially. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And would encompass eating well and feeding our kids well and growing our own produce and all that. And so that's where the name came from. Hmm, um, so the, yeah, so the angle was completely different. But then as time went on and I started thinking about this new business, I was like, you know, that name just, it just slides right into place. It just, yeah. <laughs> it just works. So yeah. I think you could do a lot of things under that brand. So you could expand, you could have new yeah. products, you could bring the nutrition in, who knows, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. Totally fits. Totally fits. Yes. That's awesome. So Rebecca, you know, on this show, we focus on how people make meaning in life and find purpose in their work. And so I'm wondering what advice you might offer to our listeners about going in search of their meaning and putting it to work for them. So what advice might you offer today? That's such a hard question because I I just went through that so freshly for myself. I have to say that in my personal journey coming to this space, it was definitely a long evolution of finally realizing I really wanted to help other people. Mm-hmm. And I had to kind of have a, you know, come into Jesus moment over that, you know, like yeah, <laughs> that's what yeah. I want to be doing. And playing music just wasn't doing it for me. You see the audience afterwards for a few minutes and then they're gone mm-hmm. and there's no like long-term impact. It feels yeah. like that. Yeah. So I wanted something so much deeper than that. And I, so I would say to other people, if you're looking for your new purpose, just find what really makes you resonate. Mm-hmm. What would make you excited to get up in the morning? Cause you asked me earlier, if I still have that spark, if, if my music spark has transferred to this new business, it absolutely has. Yeah. I'm so excited to get up every morning and get to work and do what I have to do. And I'm meeting the most amazing people. Absolutely amazing. Like yourself. Mm. And so <laughs> thank you. It's it's been a great process. And I've I've stepped out of my comfort zone, which is another important thing. It's you know, you have to 
get out of that comfort zone and try new things. Like I started interviewing people a year ago with no intention of doing a podcast. It was just for my Facebook group, yeah. but I enjoyed it so much that I, I ended up turning it into a podcast. So awesome. now I have that going on too. So find what resonates. Love it. Love it. Love it. So Rebecca Jeffries, we will be sharing with our listeners um, in the show notes, all kinds of links to find you and information about Sprouting Healthy Families. It's been such a pleasure to have you on the Make Meaning podcast. Thank you so much for having me on. It's been an honor. Thanks for listening to the Make Meaning Podcast with Lynn Galadner. You can find us wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. If you like what you've heard here, join us over at makemeaning.org to discover how you can add more meaning to your life. And hey, if you like our conversations, please subscribe and share this episode with the meaningful people in your world.